Hey everyone, this is Heather, and you're listening to Simply Healed with Heather Leonard. Today's episode is called Changing the Way You Think to Reduce Stress. So I apologize for me being a little raspy today. (laughs) I'm just coming off of a cold. I delayed this as long as I could, hoping I'd get my voice back, and this is where we're at. It's it's midway to healthy, but it's a little bit rough. So hopefully you're willing to stick around with me today and uh, do this episode despite me being a little raspier than usual. <laughs> All right, guys, welcome, and here we go. So today's episode was inspired by none other than my dog, Stitch. (laughs) So this morning I got to thinking, I was trying to get the kids ready for school. It's chaos sometimes in my house in the morning, and (laughs) most often the center of all the chaos and crazy is my dog. I love him to death, but I don't understand his brain, so he gets so worked up. You know, most of the time he's like a house cat, just chill, no problem. But then he has these moments and these certain things that just get him fired up. And so one of them is when my kids start to get dressed, (laughs) right? And it seems ridiculous. But listen, this is like a really big problem for him. So this perceived imminent danger in his own mind is very real. There is nothing that would convince him that his panic is not completely in good, like, I don't know, in line with what the pro... He just thinks he's like, he's right about this. Like, mom, no, you don't understand. This is urgent. You know what I mean? I know you know what I'm saying if you've ever watched a dog that just goes bananas over nothing, like a bike going by or whatever, they freak out. Well, the clothing thing for my kids, the trigger there is... That he knows when they get dressed, they're going to likely start getting ready to go somewhere and leave. And he'll be left home by himself. So now it's a little thing to us. It's a big deal to him. And it's triggered into like, it's not just when they're getting ready. Like sometimes they could be getting just, I don't even know, getting their pajamas on at night to go to bed or something. But he can, it's like a, he just starts to get really worried and then gets really barky. And for all I know, he's yelling at me to take him with me that day. And sometimes I can and sometimes I can't. But anyway, to watch this little dog get so worked up, all we keep thinking is, what is the matter with you? There's nothing wrong here. There's no point to the barking because will it bring a solution? No. Like you barking isn't going to make that bike not go by. You barking is not going to make the kids not get dressed or stay home or choose to take you. If anything, it'll choose they'll choose to leave you at home because you're driving them nuts. But like you see the point. Like there's no nothing to be gained here. So we're like watching him unravel and all the while going, really? <laughs> like calm down. <laughs> so here's where this is interesting because I started thinking on my ride home from dropping the kids off at school this morning that we all kind of have this potential to like just calm down <laughs> a little bit in life. Because just like Stitch, who believes that, you know, that bark to the death over the realness of his problem or issue, that's that's like a perceived emergence of a crisis, right? So Stitch thinks there is a major thing. So it's very real to him. So get me on this. And remember, none of this is medical stuff. This is no advice, nothing. I'm just telling you, this is my perception of something that happened today. But quite literally, he is 
reacting like life or death situation and it's very real perceived danger to him and only him. So think about it this way. Now, if it's not a real actual problem, it's just a real actual problem to him, right? But it's not actually a real problem. The putting on of the socks is not life or death. He thinks it is, right? So it's in the mind of the beholder, right? Are you getting where I'm going to start going here? So I already know that many of you listening right now are going to start to defend and your argument to the contrary of this, right? In your own head, without even trying, it's going to start happening. So I'm forewarning you. That's how our bodies are programmed to work. Is the second I'm going to say something like this, that's going to make you have to step outside of the box and think it's this a little differently. You're going to start making all the defensive reasons as to why this does not work for your story. And this is not right. So let's go a little deeper for a second. Stitch in his situation, it's a perceived danger period. No need to bark, right? Just like for us, our problem, what if it was just a perceived problem? What if the screaming, yelling, complaining, and all of that was for nothing? What if there's somebody bigger than us with a bigger, greater knowledge than us who's watching us panic, run around like chicken with our heads cut off, freak out, worry about tomorrow? What am I going to do? Is this ever going to get better? Is it always going to be this dark? Like, why does this keep happening to me? What's going to come next? All of that stuff, right? The worry, the stress, the constant perceived big problem. This is a major thing. It's never going to change. Is it? How is it? All this stuff we're trying to struggle and control, right? Well, let's go back. Stitch has come up with a story in his own mind, which is very real to him. And I think many of us have also created a story in our own minds, that is very real to us. Now, I lost my husband February 2021. Very recent still. I could create a whole story around that. I could throw my hands up in the air every single day. Woe is me, my life, this, that. Make a list of all the things that are wrong and going wrong and dwell on it and huff and puff and worry about tomorrow. But... Here's the thing. I see that and I see it all the time. People are constantly doing this worrying. Can I make it? I can't do tomorrow. How am I going to do this alone? Like freaking out when, what if, (laughs) and I believe this, y'all know me by now because I have really great faith. So I believe God is watching us just like I'm watching Stitch. So he's looking at me panicking and running in circles And every time I do it, he's going, are you kidding me? Quiet down. You're fine. I've got this. It's okay. You don't need to scream. Just like we're saying, calm down, Stitch. I got this. You don't need to bark. The kids are good. Right? Can you see the correlation? I don't know why it hit me today so much, but I just felt like, you know, this is very, it's very applicable to us in our life because I have no doubt there's higher power looking down at us. And thinking when we get all panicked and worked up in our stuff, like, calm down, I got this. I've got this for you and I've told you that. And yet we don't listen to it and we don't rest easy in it. We just keep worrying about tomorrow and stressing about the stuff. And if you really have faith, if you pray all the time that your problems are covered, that God's got your back, that Jesus holds your hand, that all those things, if you pray on those things and you ask for those things, I just believe that then you got to just release it. 
And I know I talk about release a ton, but like after you've asked for the help, now you got to trust that the person you just asked, they've got this and back off. And the only true answer to knowing that you've backed off is, are you still worrying and stressing? Because if you are, you haven't actually let it go. You know, you're the backseat driver. And I just think that, you know, much like I'm yelling at Stitch to calm down, quiet down, he's causing more chaos in our lives. I think there's a higher power watching over us doing the very same thing, saying, I already told you, if you gave it to me, I got it. Why are you still freaking out, chasing your tail, running around? <laughs> like, what are you doing? Calm down. You know, you're asking me for answers, and I'm telling you, the answer is, turn it over to me, and you're still yet to totally do that. And I only know this because I'm just learning to do it. And the more I release, the better I feel, and the less my stress has been. But it's a hard thing to do. You have to really take a hard look at yourself and be honest. Like, are you coming up with these stories to back up your miserableness? And that's just that, you know, because I think it's easy to be miserable, you know, to complain, sit around, do nothing, whine about it all. I think we all could do that very easily. And no, I don't think anybody deserves to complain more than another person. I think everybody's got their own stuff, whether it was childhood stuff or more recent stuff, big stuff, little stuff, doesn't matter. Everybody's got some kind of stuff. And even a little thing, someone could make into a big thing. And then some people that seem to have really big things manage to make those appear very small. So, you know, it's perception in a large part and how we see it and how we allow others to view us you know, with what we carry for baggage, so to speak. I hate that word, but, you know, we've all got our suitcases. And <laughs> I just think that we, we are very happy and content in just running in circles and complaining and feeling not heard and, you know, constantly looking for more and not feeling like we're receiving it. And, you know, ugh, it's a tiresome life. Like, you can release yourself of that. I really think you can. So, you know, stress, sometimes it's it's brought on by, you know, things that might need more medical attention. So some people do just have hormonal imbalances or um, past traumas and things like that. There's always exceptions, but don't make yourself an exception here because here's the problem. <laughs> Once we give ourselves an out, we're happier to do the easy way out and just say, oh, well, I'm the exception. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, Everybody wants to be able to say, yeah, 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 that's that's me. I, you know, I fall into that tiny little category where she's not really talking about me. But um, I think that if we could all reflect on this just a little bit and try not to be defensive, try not to let that inner story kind of start to jump to the forefront. Um, you know, every time I think that, man, my situation is just... It can't get much worse, <laughs> you know? You look around and, oh my gosh, it could be so much worse. And, you know, there's there's something that I could be grateful for every single second of every single day. So um, I'm sure everybody feels that way at some point. Um, you know, I know people who have billions of dollars passed through their hands every day. Their job depends on it. That's stressful. I can't even imagine. It's a type of stress I've never had to deal with. You know, I know people who have other people's lives in their hand every day. You know, if you're working as an ER doctor, for instance, or a surgeon or something, every single day you have lives in your hands. I can't imagine that stress is very easy. You've got people who have not lost one person, not just like the love of their life, but maybe the love of their life, their children, 
their siblings or parents, like everybody around them has passed. That is a lot. That's a lot of stress. You know, I know people who've lost their home and have nowhere to go. That's a lot of stress. But all of those things, even all of those things, you know, I don't think that it's exclusive to what I'm talking about here because I'm really saying that no matter how hard and dark it gets, I think that if you can lean on your faith just a bit and say, someone else is laughing at me right now and saying, this is such a speck, speck in time, a speck in the greater scheme. And, and even our lifetime, I think it's probably smaller than what we realize. Like in the moment, everything always feels really like intense and no, no, this is as bad as it could get. But um, sometimes when you just step out of it by a month or two, you can look back and go, okay, <laughs> that was rough, but you know, I got through that. All right. Um, I know. <coughs> There we go. That's what I was just going to say. With this cold that we're dealing with, when my kids were sick and I was sick all at the same time, oh my goodness, that scenario, I don't wish on anybody. <laughs> so um, yeah, we were in rough repair and it, of all times at Thanksgiving. Um, but it's easy to be like, oh, it just doesn't get any worse when you're in those moments of impossibility or so it would feel. Um, so sometimes you got to give yourself the time to move through it and look back on it. Um, so the real challenge is to not over panic <laughs> while you're in it. So that's where you got to try to keep it all put together and and just not be so um, responsive and like responsive. That's not the word exactly I mean, but reactive. That's the word I meant. <laughs> Sorry, the brain fog with the cold. Oh, it's got me doing more of my little tangents than usual. So um, yeah, I think there for each of us, if we can... Uh, I don't want to say just really look at the seriousness of the situation because that won't work. Because like I said, in our brains, it is so serious, right? Those billions of dollars, that's serious money. That A person's human life, that's serious stress. Do you know what I mean? Like losing an entire home, that's big. And it's hard to not see it as that because the story in your mind is that's the biggest thing. That's the biggest thing. That's that's above everything. Um and so how do you like get out of that? Um, I think it really has to begin with understanding that whatever the story is going on in your mind, there's a bigger picture at play. So like even if it's enormous in your world right here, right now, I don't care if you are somebody who deals with billions of dollars and even on a worldwide scale, it's a big deal. Still just the same. Bigger picture at play. Even bigger. Humanity you know, survival of humanity. Tomorrow, everything could totally change. You know, it could be one simple like bomb that goes off or one, you know, alien ship that lands. <laughs> Who knows, a volcano. This is a really real thing going on right now. Um, you know, but something major that could shift everything. Uh, it brings me back to 9-11 in the United States. Um, so on September 11th, uh, it changed everything. And really, it was September 12th that was the day where just the way that people looked at each other and everything changed and shifted. Do you guys remember that? I don't know who my listeners are in age range and stuff. I haven't really looked lately, but man, it was like every house you drove by had a flag out front. Every person you saw at the grocery store smiled. People like shook hands, smiled, said, God bless you. Listened to music that was patriotic. It was like a shift 
in just how we treated one another that was kinder and gentler and um, it was just different. And oh, where was I going with this tangent? So, <laughs> oh boy, <laughs> this head cold is getting to me. So my point is just that, you know, a major thing happened that changed the world. And it was like, you could say, oh, well, things might change, but this would never change. Well, that didn't ha that everything changed. It was like, I mean, even baseball teams weren't playing, <laughs> you know, planes weren't flying. Everything changed. So, you know, you just don't know what tomorrow holds or what I really learned when my husband passed was just how short life can be. And if tomorrow's your last day, you could have spent all your time today stressing out over losing a billion dollars and yet tomorrow could be your last day on this earth. And wow, what a wasted day. So your perception can be changed in an instant. Um, that certainly happened to us when we got my husband's diagnosis of his brain tumors. Uh, immediately in our minds, we started going through have we done, have we done this, have we done that? You know, like Im immediately our focus was different. And instead of thinking about his next, you know, career path or choice or step or whatever, um, none of that mattered. We didn't even care, you know, I was, I don't know, I call in, whatever, can't make that appointment, whatever. It, like we had to just change our priority list really fast it's such an unfortunate thing to ever have to live through and then change your priorities. You know, my wish for everybody is to change the priority list before things like that happen. Because let's face it, eventually we all die, right? So someday this will happen to us, you know? And so you don't want when that day hits for you, when some major illness or the love of your life passes, you know, to be then being like, oh, now we need to put family first. Oh, now we need to, you know, stop stressing over finances. Oh, now we need to, what all that stuff should be done today. Like stop stressing about it and let it go. So today can be so much more beautiful. You know what I mean? That part is within our control. It's just if we let that little story get on, you know, on the microphone and start blasting in our ears, we can quickly convince ourselves that, oh, no, 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 I'm rightfully stressed. <laughs> as soon as you're rightfully stressed, forget it. It's not fixable. Does that make sense? Because if you've already decided that your stress is not something that can be fixed, it can't be changed, it really is that big, you know, other people really don't have this to deal with. They really don't know what this implies and how this could affect everything else. And as soon as you have that, you have a big old story built up in your defense. And unfortunately, it's like defending the undefendable. You know what I mean? Like in a way, as soon as you think you're the exception to the rule, the only thing that's doing, the only thing that's benefiting, it's like is your stress. It's just continuing to acknowledge it and give it power and say, yeah, you need to be here. And I just want to say, no, it doesn't. <laughs> Especially because you know you've heard in earlier episodes of mine that I wholeheartedly believe stress to be the main factor in my husband's cancer diagnosis that we were not able to fight and control. Because remember, the stress hormone of cortisol, when it is on a constant, you know, drip or in some people's cases, a full 
poor, you know, then that's when things get dangerous to your health and major health problems can happen. You know, if you're getting angina or like um, chest tightness or um, your heart's racing or you're, um, you know, getting headaches or any of these things are major signs that you need to find a way to calm it down, release it and not let it affect you and your very being on this earth. Because that's the consequence. Now, that's something to stress about. <laughs> no, that's me being uh, facetious a little bit. But no, honestly, though, the, the only problem here is potentially that you are actually creating a health problem that could take you from this world, you know? You really are in staying in a constant state of stress and anxiety causing physical ailment in your body. So one thing I will say talk to your doctors. If you ever have any of those symptoms that seem sketchy, you know, like your heart's racing, like you're not sleeping well at night or getting headaches, all those things are signs that you need to pay attention to, you know, and when you already know that you're a little high stress or high strung, it's easy to say, oh, I'm just a little high strung. It's not just a little anything. Being high strung and stressed out often isn't a personality trait. It is a physical illness of sorts. You know what I mean? Like I'm not diagnosing you here. I'm just saying if that's how you're running, it's it's like a problem. It's not just a little thing to um, like brush off. You know what I mean? It's something to get looked into to make sure it's just a little thing because doctors can see your numbers. They can see if things are not looking so good. But I'll tell you right now, even if all those lab things work out right, if you stay in a constant state of stress, it'll catch up with you. You know, it's like having the you know, it's like your shadow chasing you in a sense. It just isn't, it doesn't go anywhere. So, um, yeah, I think that getting on top of it, especially early on when you notice these bits of stress is really crucial. Um, my husband didn't let on that he was a stressed out guy. He never let anything really phase him or stress him out outwardly, but I know him. <laughs> I know him intensely. I know how much he, you know, really liked to impress the people he worked with and, you know, his clients and how he held himself and, you know, he didn't like to disappoint people. So he, that standard he held himself to was so high. It created stress that he didn't let out, but he held in, which maybe is worse, right? So that, and then I also know that he had a minor, um, you know, I always say this minor, but I don't know if there is a scale when it comes to how much cortisol is released, um, but OCD on a level of like, you know, and I, I call it minor always because some of the symptoms he had weren't, I mean, I've seen people who can't, they jumping over bricks on the ground and tapping a door three times and, you know, before they can do like open a thing of milk and he wasn't at all like that. Um, but it was more like, uh, I don't know. Just some minor things here and there that he did. And he was always like double checking things, stuff like that. Um, and I think a lot of us have those tendencies. But I mean, it often, and this is not medical advice or anything again, but um, I think it has to do with like dopamine and some hormone. There's some hormonal things happening in your body that are a little out of whack when those things are happening. And when those things stay out of balance for a long time, it's just worth getting looked at. That's it. Um, that's really what I want to say here about that as far as the medical part of it. Um, and I'll let the experts get into the details on it. But really just something to be 
wary of, and I wanted to make note for anybody who is interested in this episode, tells me you might have just a bit of stress on your plate. So it was worthy of at least mentioning um, and letting you know that your doctor is the best place to head for that. All right, guys, quick break. I'll be right back. All right, guys, my private Facebook group is called Connection Beyond Struggle for a Grieving Soulmate. It is a free group that is aimed at basically offering free coaching and support to people that are suffering soul-crushing grief. And, um, you know, there are all kinds of grief, but the kind that makes it hard to just function, you know, when you lose a spouse specifically, but, you know, I have a few people who've joined due to divorce. Um, but for the most part, you know, losing your soulmate in life is sort of where this group is directed at so that people can feel surrounded by other people who've been through a similar loss. And it's been incredibly powerful. Um, it's growing rapidly. The coaching's going great. Um, I have a program that I offer where I do coaching with people that, um, I occasionally will offer within the group to people that are needing a little bit more and um, the people inside that group are amazing and doing so well. So anyway, if you want to get your invitation to join, just hop on over to the description of this podcast and there's a link to grab. Hopefully I will see you on the inside. All right, back to the show. So perhaps what has me the most worried about the first half of this episode (laughs) is that I, when I truly think back to Stitch and, you know, him hopping around, freaking out, <laughs> oh my gosh, if you could see this dog in the morning, by the way, I mean, he's bananas and we could shove him aside. We could tell him to stop. We could, you know, whatever we do, he doesn't stop. He is relentless and it's like he's, it's like there's a fire going on and Lassie's trying to let you know that you need to get to safety and you're ignoring him. It's like that kind of thing. It's like he's, it's like he can see something we can't see and he's in a full-fledged panic attack. Like, what the heck? No, I'm not stopping. I'm not yielding. I will go to my death to defend that I am right here and you need to stop what you're doing immediately. That's how intensely he feels it. So what worries me... <laughs> is for all y'all listening right now that are thinking just like Stitch, like digging in your heels. No, 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 I'm stressed. I'm stressed for a reason. I'm right. I'm right to be stressed. Why aren't you stressed? You should be stressed. You know, I mean, I think that's probably what's going through a lot of your minds right now is you have no idea. My life is, I'm about to lose everything. I'm about to like, you know, I can't pay my car payments. I can't uh, you know, I'm late on the electric bill. It's coming into cold temperatures. I can't afford the oil. Whatever is flying through your mind right now. It's just that I, I don't doubt that much like Stitch, in your mind, you are really sure that you're right to be stressed about the thing you're stressed about. Like maybe you just got a diagnosis of breast cancer. Maybe something that just seems like, no, you don't understand this is where the road ends. Like this, this is where you start to get stressed because you know it's life or death. But even then, look at my husband, right? Upon So this is why I think that the treatments and things we tried for him didn't fully work. So they said, all right, they flat out said, I've told you this before, but he rolled into those visits with so much pep in his step. 
I say rolled in, he walked, skipped, whatever, he'd run, but he was fine. And they kept saying, we thought you were going to be in a wheelchair and you're holding the door open for us. Like he was beyond for about a year and a half where they thought, they thought he would be already signing up for hospice a year ago. So that being said, those things, the reason that is the case is because we made diet changes. We made exercise changes. We made mindset changes. We made spiritual changes. We did every single thing out there. Tea, tincture, whatever, supplement, we did them all. All. I mean, he couldn't even drink a glass of water without like five different things added to it. And, you know, the fish oils and the blah, blah, blah. I mean, you name it. We did it all. <laughs> all. And it worked. A lot of it in large part worked. But then there's a factor, a major factor we ignored as he as soon as now just imagine you go in with a headache get an MRI the best I mean nobody expects to see anything on an MRI of a brain right like when you have a headache so worst case scenario fell on his lap he's like I could see them all looking at each other I saw the look on their face he was in a pure panic so there started the stress so if I thought he was stressed before this went on high volume and it was like start with somebody who already is a bit stressed constantly and now you add the worry of something major and he was through the roof and then you add to it we just saw brain tumors and forget trying to ever reduce his stress there was not enough reiki yoga whatever on this planet meditation to get him to a place of calm in his mind he started running scenarios. He told me about the things that flooded his mind. He was worried about me, the kids, the future, the his job, his, um, you know, even if I get this, what will happen to, you know, people will know. And that he was worried that, like, even if he kicked his cancer, that it might, the fact that he's had it in his past might wreck his chance at future job opportunities. This is crazy, but it's very real. So for anybody who's just been handed a major medical diagnosis or if you've just had something major hit like a you know something where you're about to lose everything how do you keep it so that you don't panic and go into that spiral of high stress that's that's where the crux in the road so to speak i mean that's tough because you have now a new you know, crap dropped on your lap, really. Like, it's like you now are finding yourself in the middle of the toughest thing you're ever going to face. And yet, <laughs> you know that the very reaction of stress and high anxiety can lead to bigger and greater problems. So what do you do? <laughs> That's when I think the surrender piece, the turning it over piece, the don't let it be your problem piece, right? We can all do that. Don't let it be your problem. You know, let it be someone else's. When you put it to someone else, it's like, pfft, you have no control, guys, over it. Isn't that beautiful? Like, yeah, I get the need and want to stress with a medical diagnosis. But I will say, in the final months of my husband's life, he finally came to the place of, whatever happens happens it was that like light bulb that's finally getting turned on where he finally realized out of my control like no matter what this is beyond my um you know where my role in this can play an active part 
you know, uh, maybe that's it more than anything is a lot of the times we still think we're the, we're the captain, you know, we're the captain of our own lives, steering our ship along and, you know, well, who else's job is it? I'm the one that's, in, you know, in charge of these clients. I'm the one who has to, you know, provide shelter for my family. I'm the one who is supposed to eat right, do right, make the right choices for my health. But really, guys, ugh, I just, I don't feel that way. I kind of think that, especially when you pray and turn it over, when you say it's not mine, it's yours, and I'm releasing it to you. Um, I don't mean to say ever that I think that means go be irresponsible and, hey, it's God's fault. If I, I'm going to go have a night of drinking and drive home drunk and I'm going to, you know, make all these poor choices with my finances and whatever God's got me, I gave it to him. It doesn't work like that, right? We know this little thing called free will he gives us, which means, yes, he's in control, but we can certainly still mess it up, right? Even though he's going to give us the outcome we want, we can still step in and be a barrier to getting that that result. So you can't keep stepping in in the way and, you know, deterring things by throwing in some other factor and eating poorly and, um, you know, making unwise decisions and things like that, like, and then say, oh, well, it wasn't my problem. It's, there's still an element of like, we need to make smart and responsible choices. But then we can't, as long as you're always acting in the best interest of the greater good, I feel like as long as that's your intention and you're praying on it, I feel like that combination, then it's fair to release it and good things will come from it. Because somehow on some level, it's like you're listening to that inner intuition. And I think, again, I think I've said this before, that intuition I perceive as God's voice in your ear giving you the answers you're seeking. So the more we just kind of act on those things and keep moving forward with the best in-line intention, you know, to do the right thing and head towards that goal, a goal that is for a good purpose, then I think you're always going to have a support. You're always going to be able to know that even if you make a mistake or whatever, it's still going to lead you to where you're, where you're going. Well, Stitch is joining the episode. <laughs> you like what I have to say, bud? Probably not. Nope, here we go in the itch mode. You hear it? <laughs> Sometimes I'm not sure if you guys can hear him, but this is the time of year when this thumping starts. Poor Stitch. See, this is, for all I know, when he's barking and freaking out, he could be saying, I'm itchy. I need you guys here to scratch me. <laughs> Who knows? It's right in his mind. But uh, yeah, I don't know that there's anything real behind it. I still think even even that, you know, that perceived that there's nothing us being home is really going to do to solve the itch, right? <laughs> we really don't even scratch his itch for that matter all that much. So I don't know. <laughs> Poor Stitch. Like, you know, someday, maybe someday in the next, oh, buddy, you all right? In our next phase or whatever, hopefully we can hear what our animals had to say, what they've been thinking and experiencing. I would love to know what all the barking was about, all the worry, all the itching. Like, is he actually itchy? He's got not a rash on him. He's got no fleas, nothing, no reason to have itching, but he loves to scratch. So who knows? Maybe he'll tell me. Oh boy. He'd probably also tell me all the ways in which I've stressed over nothing and I have you know, made big, big deals out of nothing. He probably knows way more than we do. That's the sad reality is that, you know, in his little mind, it's probably like he thinks the things we stress about are nothing. And we think the things he stresses about are nothing. It's all the more to my point today, though, that like, 
in your own mind, it's the biggest problem in the entire world. And in the person's mind next to you, there is an entirely different life-altering problem at work. And if we're all stressing about totally different things and thinking our problem is the biggest one in the entire universe, it's crazy, right? And even still, like, just the, the stresses of a day, I was so stressed out about how I was going to find the time to get to the next town over today. Now, I started thinking about this about midway through my day when I was realizing I'm running out of time to be able to do that, and I still haven't done my podcast episode. And then I remembered, I don't even know why I needed to go to that town. So I started looking around my house. I'm like, why was I wanting to go there today? I never found it. I kid you not. I like started clean, going through things on my island, trying to sort through papers and figure out, like, did I miss something on a list? Was there something I was supposed to do? Not a thing. Not one darn thing that took any kind of precedence or like had to be done today or anything else. I had just for some reason put it in my mind that I had some time today, so that's where I was headed. Is that not weird? And I spent a good portion of the morning worrying about what, how and when I was going to fit it in. I mean, that just is like crazy because when you think about it, if if you really look at all the things, make a list of everything that, I mean, you you would probably think you only had one or two things you stress about when really all these little stresses throughout the day probably happen that you don't even realize or that little pressure you put on yourself. So I was worrying about getting to a place I didn't even have to be. Now, is that not wasted energy, <laughs> wasted cortisol, wasted everything? <laughs> what was I thinking? Like make a legitimate list, prioritize and make sure everything on it actually has to get done. Because it's funny how like at Christmas, I mean, not Christmas at Thanksgiving time, I always in the past have done, I make calendars for family. I make Christmas cards and do some of my early shopping. That's like the time when I start doing some of those things. Because if I wait too long, I get overwhelmed and forget. So I started getting all panicked because we were so sick. I hadn't done any of it. And then I, I realized after having stressed for about a day and a half, maybe two days about it, I was like, you know what? The craziest part is they don't have to be done today. It's not like there's a deadline. It's not like there's not going to be 500 more coupons coming my way for like big discounts and deals over the next weeks. Like it's ridiculous. But the stories I was telling myself in order to make sure I had to get it done and it's just like reevaluate your your list right now a little bit. And every time something's like on your mind that, no, I got to get this done, I got to get this done. Check in. If it's picking up a Christmas tree, like, do you really need it to happen on that day at that? Like, no. You can let it be the day before Christmas for that matter. It's funny how stuck and stubborn we get uh, that everything has to be in a time frame and in a certain way. I mean, we've even had family gatherings that happen after the holiday. It's not the end of the world. Let things be. Don't stress about them. If it's causing stress, then you need to find the easier way out. You know what I mean? It's crazy. Um, and by easier way out, I mean like release some of that pressure on it having to be a certain way and just let it be the easier way, you know? And what, even if, let's say there was a coupon, I'm gonna use the coupon example because this came to mind with the cards. I had like 50% off my holiday cards if I did it by this time on this day. So I almost like fell into that, which is a marketing trick, by the way almost went right down that path of like, shoot, no, I really need to. Uh, no, 
I think the very next day it was 50% off plus an additional 25% off. So just in the fact of me not getting it done, I probably would have gotten a better deal. Plus like a bunch of extra free cards or something thrown in or free shipping added on or, you know what I mean? So it's not like, even in something like that, when you're like, no, but there's a reason, but could there be an alternative? <laughs> That's all I'm always saying is I want you to always ask the questions that so often we just sort of make assumptions with because you know what happens when you make an assumption, you know that saying, right? If not, I'll let you look it up on your own. But um, <laughs> yeah, assume nothing in life. Just don't. Um, usually, even when it seems like it's a real big deal, it might not be. Uh, but, but I will say too, if if you're going to argue the story in your mind all the way through, you're still listening to me this far and you're still like, yeah, but you know, this is still a little bigger. I mean, you know, somebody's life is still a little more important than that. A billion dollars is still a lot of money and more than what you realize. Okay. I'm going to go with you then. Let's say that one thing. You can't erase that stress. It's there. It's huge. It's on your plate. This is what I would at least challenge you to do. Let go of the little stuff. Because if that one big thing is already like just sucking in so much time and energy and emotional, um, you know, it's just you, you got nothing left to give at this point. You got to like, so don't also, let's say you stressed out all day at work over this money. Now you're on your way home. Let it go and leave it at work because the problem is if you bring that home with you and then traffic starts to get you stressed out and then you get home and the kids haven't done their homework and they're not listening to their mom and then you, you know, I don't know, all these little things. One, don't take this, this work of, the stress of work home with you, which we all know but is not easy to do. So we're going to assume a little bit of that baggage gets carried with you everywhere you go. So you can't then stress over traffic. You can't worry about the homework and how they're treating their mother. And you can't worry about the little things. You can help with those things and do your best, but you can't let it stress you out. You know what I mean? Like you can try to like just find your way through traffic without letting it affect you or phase you and know that no matter how much you stress out, it's not going to move the cars. <laughs> they can't move any faster. So just let it go. And when you get home, you can do your very best. Oh my gosh, Stitch, really? I promise that's not me. <laughs> but with all of the you know, things that your your wife, let's say, has been putting up with, with the kids and then the kids are just acting terrible and I'm done their homework. Like, what good is stressing about it going to do? Nothing. Let's just take some action steps, have a conversation with the kids about why doing your homework is important, why being respectful to your mother is important, what the expectations are, what the consequences will be, and then be done. <laughs> like, let's try to keep it very basic and simple. Like, just like the letting it build and like being, then you're like a teapot, right? And it's just going to... At any point, you're just going to blow up. And the only way I feel like in my own experiences to not let that huge overflow happen has been for me to really like move through those things as they're just steps. I'm just doing what I can do. Just doing, doing, doing. Like I used to be a big traffic stressed person, which is hilarious if you knew where I lived as it's like we barely have traffic lights. So it's really not that stressful. It's not. And yet, you know, some people are in the city and they've got three lanes wide backed up for hours. And I can't even imagine, but, you know, I've seen some red-faced freaking out drivers. And honestly, guys, when it comes to that stuff, 
There's just nothing. Stress accomplishes nothing. There's never, ever in the history of stressing out has anybody ever gotten a goal of improved traffic because they stressed about it. Like, it's never happened. So you got to know that, like, if the response is all this anxiety and tension and whatever in your body, but you never will receive a benefit from all that, let it go. (laughs) You know what I mean? There's nothing to be gained. And even in the, the sense of, like, family situations and stuff, you can only be the best that you can be to help a situation. And then sometimes we have to almost brush our hands of it. Like, I, you know, I give my kids, like, a lot to have to handle and do and remember. And I prepare them the best I can constantly reminding them about bringing the things with them that they're going to need to be prepared and not forgetting things where they're going and, you know, staying organized and making sure the papers aren't just thrown in your bag, but it's like in a nice binder and organized. But at the end of the day, I can't monitor them 24 seven and stressing out about how bad it looks when I see it, what good is it going to do? And if anything, I will say my kids react worse when I freak out about it. It's like even more so like, oh, mom, you're so overreacting kind of response. You know what I mean? Like it doesn't then, oh, I'm inspiring doing better. (laughs) No, that doesn't happen. If anything, like I do think that, um, by the, my oldest anyway, that the positive reward system just goes so much further anyway. So that helps me in my parenting for those parents listening right now. Like I will say that anytime I can just reward the good stuff, it's like so met with such better response than punishments anyway. So woo, around the bend again today, guys. <laughs> Thank you for joining me and sticking with me, my slurping dog, my raspy voice and all of that (laughs) to hear this message because I actually really think stress is a big one that I never want to stop talking about or trying to help you with. Um, And in my life, I've really managed my stress in an amazing way um, through some really tough stuff. So if I can share anything that's worked for me to help you, you know, I hope you can be inspired with my words and I hope you have a great day and come back for more on the next episode. All right, guys, thanks again. Bye-bye.